Today, we're going to move on. Week number three, we're going to start with the last part of verse 17, which we didn't cover last week. And we're going to read down through verse 25, where Paul addresses a topic that most of us don't want to talk about. We didn't really advertise today that way because some of you, if you knew what we're going to talk about, you'd leave or you wouldn't come. That's the truth. Because today we're going to talk about something that's really hard but really important for us to understand biblically. And that's the problem of pain and suffering in this fallen world. Um, today we're, we're going to look at uh, answers to the number one objection to people who, who look at us and they say, how is it that this God of yours who's all powerful and all loving and, and, and he, he's good, you say, and yet look at all the pain and suffering that he allows. Number one objection to Jesus in the Bible and the gospel is the existence of suffering and evil and disease and tragedy in life. And here's the truth. We better have answers, <laughs> Matter of fact, 1 Peter 3.15 commands us to have answers. When people ask us, well, what about your God? You say he's loving and good and all-powerful. Why does he allow so much tragedy? Why does he allow so much suffering? We better have answers for them. And, give me your eyes. I'll give you my eye for a second, okay? Uh, we better have answers for ourselves, because you just know it's just a matter of time before pain and trouble and difficulty is going to knock on your door. And you better have answers for you. And you better have answers grounded in your life on the hard drive ahead of time. Here's the key idea this morning before we stand and read together. God's more concerned with molding our character than making us comfortable. Now, see, that's a problem because I'm more concerned. Lord, I want to be comfortable. I, I want all good stuff. But God is more concerned with molding our character than making us comfortable. God's love is a strong, perfecting love, not a pampering love. Locate with me on your phone. Locate with me in your Bibles. And uh, would you stand with me if you're, if you're able? We're going to read starting the last uh, part of verse 17. This is the answer book. This is God's inspired answers to understand the problem of suffering in this life. Would you read with me? Let's read. Now, if we are children, then we're heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage, to decay and brought into the freedom, we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, 
groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. Let's pray. Lord, we need your help today because uh, we're talking about a subject that most of us would just as soon not think about. So as we talk this morning about pain and tragedy and disease and disaster and suffering, we, uh, we need to get a glimpse of what your book shows us how to deal with all that this fallen world has a part of it. We, we don't like it, Lord. We just confess that. But we need to show how and see how you can use trouble to accomplish your plans in us and in the folks all around us. I pray specifically right now for those who are watching online, for those who are in the building here, who are right now enduring a time of pain and struggle and, and difficulty, uh, Lord, some right now are even in full-blown suffering. So I'm asking, even as we open up your book, Lord, that you'd give grace and mercy in their time of need. Lord, help them to hear about the struggle that we all are going to endure from time to time. Come now, Jesus. Take charge of our hearts and our minds, our souls and our wills. And Lord, we just want to pause for a moment where sin has occurred in our lives and we've been ignoring it and sweeping it under the rug and excusing it. Lord, we want to right now invite you to show it to us. And where sin um, has been something that uh, we've been a part of, our, our eyes, our ears, our mouths, our minds have been involved with things we shouldn't have been involved in. You call it sin. We're, we're not going to excuse it any longer. We're going to call it what you do. We're going to call it sin. And as you make things clear to us right now that we haven't brought to the cross, Lord, we're going to do the U-turn. We're not, we're not going to just lay there in the mud and the manure of sin any longer. We're going to run to the cross right now. And all of your kids, everyone who's born again today, you've already marked your accounts paid in full. Free from condemnation. And right now we want to draw on that account. We write the check of confession. What you're showing us right now, you call it sin, we call it sin too. Lord, we want to be clean and pure and in right relationship with you. We've built that wall. Lord, tear that wall down as we confess. We enjoy the joy of being clean in your sight. And all the church family at Walloon Lake said with one unified voice. You may be seated. Let's look at uh, Romans 8. Let's uh, kind of work through some of the hard, painful facts that 
the Lord inspired the Apostle Paul to write down to the church at Rome, to the church at Walloon Lake. Verse 17, here's what it says. In fact, first of all, it says we're, we're heirs, we're, we're co-heirs uh, with God and with Christ Jesus. But then notice the if. In fact, if, if we indeed share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Okay? So you're, you're an heir. You're an heir of God. You're a part of God's adopted family. You're co-heirs with Christ. But in addition to being an adopted member of the royal family, we get to share in the glorious stuff, but we also share in the hard and painful stuff. You understand? So they go together. Uh, some of us would say, well, I only want the good stuff. I don't want the hard stuff. But that's not how it works. Verse 17 is clear. We also share in his suffering. Uh, verse 18, what we suffer now, present tense, fact, life is filled with times of suffering. Even for members of God's family. Even for members of God's family. Right now, it's likely that some of you who are here today, some of you who are watching right now, you're in a time of suffering. It might be a physical time of suffering. Um, you, you might have lost someone. It's a, it's a loss. Uh, you're hurting. Pain continues. You might have people in your life that you love deeply. They've wandered and they don't want much to do with Jesus right now. Marriage is in trouble Jobs that bring you grief, finances that are awful, make you groan. That's a reality. Present tense, right now, suffering is a part of our lives. Verses 20 and 21, uh, he, Paul says, it, it's not just us. All creation is frustrated and in bondage and decay. Well, how did that happen? Genesis 3, 17 and 18 tells us, cursed is the ground because of you, Adam, we're Adam's kids, uh, through painful toil, you'll eat food from it all the days of your lives. And, and all of your toil will produce thorns and thistles, and you're going to eat of the plants of the field. Understand this. The world was created perfectly without sin, without thistles or thorns. But then something that should bring us joy now brings us frustration. It was sin, cursed by sin. Genesis 3, verse 19. By the sweat of your brow, you'll eat your food until you return to the ground. Since from it you were taken, for dust you are, and dust you will return. <laughs> so so th this world is a fallen world. Romans 8, verse 22. All creation is groaning groaning, grunting. It's hard. It's difficult. Matter of fact, uh, it refers, in reference, it talks about women having babies and they're groaning. Moms, you remember that? Remember the times of groaning? That's what he's talking about here. It's just hard and difficult. Verse 23, Paul explains, we all groan inwardly as we wait for the day of freedom from sin and suffering. Okay? We're all looking forward to our new lives, our new bodies, Revelation 21 and 22, when we get to go be with Jesus face to face, no sin, no Satan, 
no groaning, no pain, no more suffering. Now, pain is, is something that most of us run from. If, if you could hit a button at any time, Denise and I were just talking, if you could hit a button at any time and say, suffer and grow and mature or stay immature, no suffering, I'm confident most of us would hit that button, right? Am I right? No, no, okay, I, I'm pretty satisfied with where I'm at. I don't want to grow anymore. I'm going to hit the easy button. And that's just the way we're wired. Um, so um, here's what happens. Then when suffering comes and I'm not comfortable and I'm not happy, I'm not happy with Jesus a lot of the times. Lord, I, I thought you were my king and my friend and my shepherd. I'm, I'm going to be disappointed with you. I think I might even pout. I might even wander away because I don't like what you're allowing to happen in my life right now. That, that's the truth. When hard things happen, we're, we're prone to get ticked at the Lord. But here's what Romans 5 verses 3 and 4 says. We can rejoice too. When we run into problems and trials, for we know they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. Verse 5, and this hope will not disappoint. <laughs> what the Lord is doing, it will not disappoint. Hold on tight. Okay? Say it again. God's more concerned with molding our character than making us comfortable. And why is that, why is that hard? Because I'm more concerned with being comfortable than I am with the Lord molding my character. So, so you got the rub here. God's more concerned in, in strengthening us, and he's a strengthening, perfecting love in us, and it's not a pampering, easy, comfortable love. I got to say this. I keep hearing TV and radio preachers and evangelists say it's never God's will for Christians to be sick or broke or suffer pain or go through tragic times. I hear that lie repeated again and again. And, and perhaps some of you bought into that and said, well, they say it enough. It must be true. Um, this health and wealth philosophy is in direct opposition to this book. You understand that? That's not what God's word says. Let me give you a few examples. 1 Peter 4, 12 and 13. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the painful trial you're suffering. As though something strange is happening to you, but rejoice that you participate in the suffering of Christ so that you might be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. 2 Corinthians 1, 5. For just as the sufferings of Christ flow into our lives, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. <laughs> James 1, 2-4. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith isn't tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. Okay. I'm going to give you... Uh, a little bit of foundation so that we can understand where does pain come from? Why, why do we experience pain and trouble and, and suffering in the, this life? 
So here's the five common causes of the pain we endure. And I learned this from Pastor Dale Burke. Um, he succeeded Chuck Swindoll in California at his church in Fullerton. So in case you're wondering, who is that? Anyway, uh, five common causes of pain. And, and can I suggest something? You're here, right? Took the time to get dressed? Looking around, yeah? Y'all looking good, yeah? Why don't you write this down so you remember it, okay? Because why am I, in a week or in a month or in a year, uh, you or someone you love is going to go through stuff and you're going, why is this happening? Well, well, first of all, you need to understand where does this pain come from, okay? First thing, we live on a fallen planet. It's not how it started, Genesis 1 and 2, that wasn't God's plan, but Genesis 3 Adam and Eve sinned, which brought in germs and tornadoes and car accidents and cancer and viruses, and you can just keep going. Tsunamis, um, all of that began because of Genesis 3. We live on a fallen planet. We live on a fallen planet, in a fallen body, in a fallen body. We have bodies that wear out. We have bodies that age. Second uh, Corinthians 5 and verse 1 likens our bodies to tents. And if you have a 50 or a 60-year-old tent, what happens to tents, Jose? They start to wear out. They get holes. <laughs> yeah, and, and some of us, uh, our tents are, are holy and uh, H-O-E, uh, not H-O-L, okay? We're, we're not holy. We're, hopefully, we're holy, but we're holy, okay? Okay, did that, did that translate to you? Okay, here we go. We live on a fallen planet, in a fallen body, among a fallen people. Much of our pain is self-inflicted, so we hurt ourselves, and, and the truth is a lot of folks will hurt us. And especially hurting people hurt people. So some of our pain is because people who've been hurt are now hurtful toward us. Okay? We live in a fallen planet, in a fallen body, among a fallen people. Number four, with an enemy who hates us. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8, Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for somebody to munch on. Uh, and if you're a follower of Jesus, you've got a bullseye on you. And without Jesus and his armor... You're not a sitting duck, you're a sitting swan, okay? You, you, are, you are actually hated, and Satan and his demonic armies want to destroy you. Ready? Here we go. We live on a fallen planet, in a fallen body, amongst a fallen people, with an enemy who hates us, but with a God who loves us deeply. That's number five. That's huge. He loves us with a strong perfecting love, not a pampering love. Okay, I want you to go through it with me. Can you say it? I think we got it up here. Here we go. Uh, causes of pain. We live on a fallen planet, in fallen bodies, among fallen people, with an enemy who hates us, and a God who loves us. Huge. You need to understand that. I need to understand that. I need to get that on my hard drive and engraved on my heart and my mind before 
the pain and the struggle and the tragedy and the suffering arrive. I want to share three quick conclusions about suffering. I'm going to share a story with someone who's done it right, okay? Here's first. Conclusion. All genuine followers of Jesus can expect to suffer. That, that goes against what a lot of teaching is on TV, but I'm just telling you, verse 8 and verse 17, if we share in the glory of Jesus, we also must share in his sufferings. There literally are dozens of verses just like that. And, and I'm just telling you, be prepared. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're going to have pain. You're going to have times of trial. Just, just write it down. Be prepared for it. Be ready to walk through that time with the Lord Jesus Christ, your good shepherd. Second, suffering reminds us that the best is yet to come. The best is yet. Romans 8, verses 24 and 25. We look forward patiently with hope and confidence. We're not giving up. This is not heaven on earth. Heaven is to come. New heaven, new earth. Revelation 21 and 22. You might want to dig in and get a little taste of the best that's yet to come. Third, the best medicine for pain and trouble and suffering. You might want to write this one down because this is something that's right on my mind right now. The best medicine when you're in a season of pain and trouble and suffering is thankfulness. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 18, Paul says, I want you to be thankful about everything. I, I, want, you, I want you to be a thankful machine. When, when we quit counting our blessings, you're going to quit being thankful. And when you have a vacuum there, and now you've got trouble and difficulty and pain and suffering, I promise you there's a vacuum there, and I'm not thankful anymore. That's where whining and complaining, and getting angry and frustrated, it just rushes in and fills the void. It just, just happens that way. So if you don't fill the void with thankfulness, Lord, thank you for these blessings that you're doing in my life. I promise you, we are going to be one miserable creature. These last eight months have been the most challenging and difficult and painful times of my 62 years plus. Let me just recount. <laughs> uh, November, uh, Denise and I got to enjoy COVID. Uh, by the way, uh, I still can't taste or smell. Okay? So one of my children, I won't tell you who, uh, they said, you know, Dad, you can't taste, you can't smell. You haven't been able to hear for quite a while. And now you can't see. The only thing you got left is feeling. <laughs> so there you go. Okay. Um, that's funnier as I think about it more and more. Uh, my father died on Christmas Day. So that November, December... Um, my right eye, retina detached, January 26. Um, about a month later, Denise's brother died. 
Um, the next month after that, I found out scar tissue formed and tore five holes in my retina. And that's just now starting to get through that. And I just found out that surgery number three is now on the horizon for June 15th. So I, I don't say that to say, oh, poor, poor PJ. I, I say that because it's like the Lord said, you know, you've been preaching this stuff for 30 years. <laughs> it's time for you to have to live it out a bit. Uh, so here's what I've realized. If I don't stay thankful, I am going to be one miserable bugger to be around. That's just true. If I don't start every day, and, and I'm telling you, it's not just once a day. It's daily counting the blessings. I'm going to be frustrated and patient and complaining and sour and ugly. Okay? And I've already seen it. You only have to go a couple hours feeling miserable, and pretty soon it starts showing itself on the outside. So let me just share... I don't have this down, but here's what uh, I'm trying to do, and Denise is helping me out. As soon as I see something that's a blessing, I say it out loud. Going into Petoskey, wow, look at the bay today. Lord, thank you that we get to live in one of the most beautiful places on earth. Okay, And, and when you're coming back from Petoskey, now you get that view looking at Walloon Lake down there. Lord, thank you. We get to live... Lord. Thank you for the church family here at Walloon. We have the greatest people I've ever met right here in, in this church family. And I need to say that. Lord, thank you for the staff here at Walloon Lake. So blessed. You know, and I just thank, thank you for Chad. Thank you for Andy. Thank you for Brand. Thank you for Jody. And I'm going to forget somebody and now the pressure's on. Thank you, Lord. We're so blessed. And you just have to keep rehearsing that. Um, and then, for me, when you notice things, I need to say it out loud. But then I need to rehearse who I am in Jesus Christ. And I got to do this several times a day. Lord, I know I'm loved. Sacrificially, unconditionally, eternally. You proved that on the cross. Lord, Lord, I'm forgiven. You canceled my sin debt. Wow. I'm a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. I'm a child of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I'm a citizen of heaven. Uh, my name's written in the Lamb's book of life. Nothing could ever separate me from your love. I'm saved, sealed, redeemed, anointed. Lord, I'm going to be with you face to face for all of eternity. It's almost like you got that memorized. You better believe it. You better believe it because I say it a lot. Because I need to hear myself say it again and again. And can I just say, so do you. And then for me, um, music has to be going all the time. And, and I'm not talking the country stuff. I'm so miserable. I'm a worm. No, it's got to be Jesus. Praise. Thank you, Lord. You're awesome. You know, that. That's where I'm at right now. So I'm just telling you, if you're praying for me, if you're praying for Denise, here's what we say. Pray that we remain thankful. Because if we're not thankful and grateful, <laughs> I won't even want to be around myself. That's true. 
But it's true for you too. No one will want to be around you either. If you don't stay thankful and grateful and full of praise and wonder at who we are because of Jesus, we're in deep trouble. I close with this true story. On July 30th, 1967, a 17-year-old teen was swimming with her sister and some friends in Chesapeake Bay. She swam out to a raft. They were laughing and giggling, and without checking the depth of the water, she just dove in. And she dove in to very shallow water. She didn't check the depth. Suddenly, she wasn't coming up. Her sister realized she was in trouble, so she swam out to her, kept her head above the water so that she could breathe. She was rushed to the hospital. She was diagnosed with a severe spinal cord injury, so severe that she was facing a life as a quadriplegic. That's a hard word to say. Paralyzed from the neck down. She would live the rest of her life in a wheelchair. She recognized early on, I'm going to need people for the rest of my life to dress me, to fix my hair, to go to the bathroom, to cut my food up, to feed me. I can't even get in bed at night on my own. This 17-year-old grew depressed and suicidal she realized, I'm never going to walk again. I'm never going to run again. I'm never going to swim again. I'm never going to use my hands again. My back hurts, I'm trapped, and I hate this stinking wheelchair. That's what she writes. She was focused on quick fixes. She said, I wanted out. My pain, my, my difficulty, I wanted an escape hatch. I was desperate to get out of this cycle of one awful day after another. Interestingly, this uh, young woman, her name is Johnny, after the first five years in the wheelchair, she said, and it was five years, and they were miserable, but slowly she started noticing a change in all of the things, the daily hardships, she had to endure. She, she said, I was beginning to see how my wheelchair was actually starting to work for my good and God's glory, forcing me to become more and more like Jesus Christ. In short, she writes, I was beginning to make sense of my suffering. Now, 54 years later, Johnny says, I'm more sure than ever when it comes to our afflictions, God's got his reasons, and they're good ones. Today, at age 71, Johnny Erickson Tata is still paralyzed from the neck down. She's endured two bouts of stage three cancer, but here are a few of the quotes that she writes about suffering. And, and I think she has the platform to speak. First, suffering was forcing me to make decisions about following God. I was choosing Him more often instead of my doubts and my fears. Second, suffering was also doing a cleanup act on my character. I was able to stick to my promises, quit whining, and quit being sloppy in relationships. 
My thoughts were more pure, mostly because I couldn't reach for the common temptations that used to entice me because I couldn't use my hands any longer. She still has a sense of humor. Suffering was making me more sensitive to others. Before my accident, I could care less about people in wheelchairs. But now, it was a different story. Finally, she writes, I realized that being paralyzed was making heaven come alive. Not in some cop-out way, but in a way that made me want to live better here on earth because greater things were coming in the next life. God is more concerned with molding our character than in making us comfortable. God's love is strong. It's perfecting. It's not a pampering love. Let's pray. Lord, we just acknowledge that uh, this fallen world with fallen bodies and fallen people around us and an enemy who hates us is not something for the faint of heart. <laughs> the truth is, Lord, we, we'd like to talk about something else, but we recognize, Lord, this is an area we need some answers on. Thank you for giving us answers in your book. Thank you for not leaving us clueless about the pain and the struggle and the tragedy that we endure and some right now are going through. I pray once again, because some of my friends right here, some of them watching online are right now in the middle of a really fiery, painful trial. Some are in the middle of grief. Some, Lord, uh, are feeling hopeless and helpless. We're grateful today that as your children, we don't walk those hard places alone. Thank you for your son, Jesus, our good shepherd. Thank you for freeing us from condemnation. Thank you for adopting us into your family. We praise you, Lord, that you give us instant access in our times of need. Some of us right now, that's what we need to do. We run to you boldly, confidently in this time of need. We ask for your grace and mercy, whatever we're facing, whether it's a temptation, whether it's uh, a time of great discouragement, Lord, we need you. Rain down your grace and mercy on each and every one of your kids right now as we cry out to you. Lord, if there's anybody here today in the building or anybody watching online and they don't know your son, Jesus Christ, personally as Savior and Lord, They've never opened the door of their life and invited you in. 
never been born again by faith, would you even right now help them to realize how desperate they are for a Savior and a friend and a King and a Shepherd to walk through difficult times with? Make them hungry, Lord. Might they know, Lord, that you took their place on the cross. You shed your blood for my greatest problem, which is all of us. We're sinners. We're in need of a great Savior. Thank you for taking our place in the grave. And Jesus, we praise you for not staying dead, but victoriously, literally, bodily, physically arising from the dead. Defeated sin, Satan, death. You did that for us. Now come, take charge of our lives. We need you. Thank you for allowing us to worship together as we dig into your book. Thanks that we get to worship once again in song. I pray for my friends. Pray for those in this church family. Work powerfully, even right now and in this week ahead, Lord. It's in the awesome name of your son, Jesus, we pray these things.